0: Back it up, back it up Let's dump this truck Back it up, back it up Let's dump this truck Hello and welcome to Bad Romance, I'm Jordane Searles And I'm Bronwyn Isaac And this week we are doing the much-talked-about film The Twitter Discourse film The film that we were all waiting for 2020's Happiest Season, directed by Clea Duvall. Yeah, this is the movie. I feel like,
1: at least if you're on Twitter, if you just say that you've seen the movie, people know what you're talking about. At least in the the span of the last week. I don't know if a week or two from now that's still going to be the case, because life moves fast. But right now, this is capital T, the movie. (laughs) It's it's important that we engage in the discourse, isn't it, Jordan?
0: yeah yeah very important (laughs) so this film was you know like i said directed by clea devolt but it was written by her and mary holland who plays the best character in the movie jane very happy about that. (laughs) absolutely team jane over here
1: just love her want her to be okay a little worried (laughs) about her
0: I love her so much. When I saw her wearing those banana clips, I was like, oh my God, a grown woman. So good. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like she's she's fantastic.
0: Yes, yes, incredible. Uh, So this movie is a story about Harper and Abby and Harper hasn't come out yet and she's like from one of those like really prissy rich white families um and of course Abby is out and Abby we find out at the beginning of the film that Abby wants to propose to her so this is supposed to be the big Christmas weekend and of course you know hijinks ensue oh oh do they and of course you know notable that Abby who is out and ready
1: to propose is Kristen Stewart, uh, of whom much the internet has fan cams. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, know. She's like, that. If,
0: like, why wouldn't you? If I knew um, how to make one, yeah, sure, I'd,
1: I'd have one of her. Yeah, who would be your top five fan cams? Not top five people, just fan cams. I don't know. Like, yeah. Because I think it's a specific kind of appreciation and or thirst that create that, like, inspires someone to make a fan cam. And Kristen Stewart has that energy, both like it's the being hot and people thirsting after her. But there's also just a certain fandom that she elicits of just appreciation.
0: Honestly, after this movie, what I want to see is the Aubrey Plaza fan camps.
1: Oh, yeah. I I am completely with you. Aubrey Plaza is fantastic. And yeah, uh, Aubrey Plaza plays Riley, who we will talk about soon. Kristen Stewart is Abby. And Mackenzie Davis is Harper. Harper, who is not out to her parents yet. And... Of course, of course, because this is a hijinks movie, a hijinks holiday movie. She has not told Abby that because that would be too considerate of Abby's feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's like at the beginning, they're like doing some kind of holiday tour or something. Yeah, I watched it twice and I still really don't know, but then they're talking about Christmas and like, you know, the whole thing, like, I'm really into Christmas. I'm not really into Christmas. Oh, my God, we have so many opinions on Christmas conversations that are in these movies.
1: Yes, it's, it's. I mean, it's a classic of the genre where you don't always know what the context for the event is beyond it being Christmas. I read this as a tour of sometimes really rich neighborhoods that have Christmas decorations will have paid tours, which is just peak capitalism. Uh, And so I assumed it was one of those because there did seem to be some sort of tour guide or structure. So it wasn't just them wandering and they like leave the group and they're talking about Christmas. They climb on someone's roof, which is a fantastic way to start a movie. I love a, I love climbing on a roof. I I think that should be in all movies.
0: So yeah, they're climbing on this roof and then um, they're about to get caught and then Harper gets out of it, but Abby doesn't. And I feel like this, I don't know if this was a very specific writing choice, but this is really just like the whole movie. Just like Harper being like, all right, I'm going to bounce. And then Abby is stuck holding the bag every single time. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It really, that really
1: is the foreshadowing for the entire emotional arc of the movie and who experiences what, who has to experience discomfort and humiliation and who gets to kind of go under the radar. Um,
0: It is wild to me in this opening that Abby gets, like, accused of being a pervert. I'm just like, somebody who looks like Kristen Stewart, who is hanging off your roof. Why would your first thought be pervert? Why wouldn't your first thought be someone please help this very skinny white woman? (laughs) I know, I thought that too. I was like, she's just so, like, tiny
1: and, like, she's just not, she does not get profiled uh, as a pervert, like if anything, she's somebody who would, I think as evidenced by Harper being emotionally abusive in certain ways, not intentionally, but that's the effect. um, Mm. She's somebody who gets away with that kind of behavior, uh, you know, versus being suspected or detected. And so for that to be our first introduction, I feel like... I mean, it's a comedic choice, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a hijinks moment, but it was funny for it to be like, oh, you pervert! When in
0: reality, I feel like they'd be like, are you okay, lady? no yeah. <laughs> What? It, it, well, because, like, this begins the entire movie's just, like, campaign against Abby. Abby cannot catch a fucking break at any point in this movie. Especially, like, it starts... Like, Harper's like, okay, come home with me for Christmas. I want the person that I love to be there. And then just the next morning, Harper's like, you know what? Never mind. Never forget it. She's like, you know, I was like, I don't even know if she blames it on
1: alcohol, but it's very much that energy of, I was drunk. I didn't really mean it. Don't worry. And, And the reason she says that, or we think at first, the reason she says that is because Kristen Stewart, a.k.a. Abby is not into Christmas. Um, her parents passed away a few years ago. She's just, she's not a Christmas person. It's not a thing that matters to her at this point. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a stressful time for a lot of people. So we're led to believe that that's why Harper isn't pressuring her. And she's just like, Oh, it's actually fine. I'm sorry. And then Chris and Stewart. I'm sorry, I should just pick to call them Abby and Harper or Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. I keep flip-flopping. And then (laughs) Abby. (laughs) Um, Abby is like, no, I really want to go. I want to meet the people that made you my favorite person, which is like
0: such a rom-com line, right? The people who made my favorite person. (laughs) It's so intense. I want to meet the people that made you. Although when she said that, I was just like, for some reason, if if someone said that to me, I think I'd be like, really happy i'd be like that's such a romantic thing to say but just like watching her say it to someone else oh that's really funny yeah i thought it was i i think that chris and stewart
1: sold it but it is such a rom-com line like it's definitely a sweet sentiment and i think that i've had that sentiment you know but it 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 was just like such a moment and it's the second scene in the movie right so we are getting the emotional dynamics established
0: abby's energy is just like intense lesbian like ready to get married And i mean yeah the next scene is her getting an engagement ring but you could just feel it i was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> i yeah. totally understand this lesbian <laughs> yeah like I, I fully felt like i
1: understood abby I don't know that I ever fully understood Harper. It's not that I don't understand certain aspects of her, but because she's so repressed and, and like, we really don't see Abby and Harper together alone after the first two scenes. So we don't really know what their relationship is like as a whole outside of this horrible situation.
0: Yeah right yeah so she she meets up with Dan Levy I'm just gonna call him Dan Levy I have no idea what his character's name is his character's name is John so Dan Levy is better (laughs) yes definitely um and Dan Levy wow MVP of this movie just Mm -hmm. funny in every scene that he's in like just the acting that he's doing (laughs) oh love him so much is really just, like, I feel like on a higher level than everyone else. Because, I don't know, he's so magnetic in a way where he just, like, totally overcomes the the form that he's in. He's just like, no, this, is, this yeah. is, like, this is not a movie about me, but it's about me. Absolutely,
1: but it's so natural that it doesn't feel like he's trying to steal the scene from another actor. He's just,
0: he's just Dan Levy. And I love that. <laughs> we need <Yeah>. that. <laughs> So we're picking up this engagement ring and I was very sad when I saw it. Now, I don't know if it's just supposed to be like, well, I don't even know because like, it's not even like Abby has like a really good sense of style. She's not just like a, I wear a flannel shirt every day, like kind of, so it's just, why did she get a ring that looks like a, I wear a flannel shirt every day kind of person would buy? It's just like a yellow band on a white diamond. I beg, don't, don't, if you're listening, do
1: not do this. Okay, so I, I was thinking that too, Jordan. I was thinking, even from the first scene, even before having that much context for Abby. I was like, Abby is a very thoughtful, intense, romantic person. I feel like she would go get a ring based on some memory that she has with Harper or some specific thing that Harper said to her five years ago that she remembers. And, you know, she gets the emerald, she gets the specific ring. And it's like, do you remember that time that we went to, uh, you know, this ice cream shop and you said that you liked this one Like artists, like that's her energy. So for her to just go buy this generic engagement ring, I was very much fixated on that for a while.
0: (laughs) Me too. It's so, it's so bad. It's so, like, I was trying to decide do I like this engagement ring more or less than the one that Aiden buys for Carrie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a great comparison. I did not draw that connection, but now it, that connection is completely there. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, so she has the ring. She's ready to propose. I love Dan Levy's, like, comments about it. He's like, you want to do what? And then... He's <laughs> you like, why are I, this, like, Oh, when he
1: goes on the whole rant about marriage, Yeah, um, I fully support uh, every, everyone doing whatever they want, getting married, not getting married, you know. But I definitely felt like, oh, I've I've gotten drunk and been him. I mean, I've been sober and been him, but, like... Normally, I don't care about what other people do, but like where he's like, why do you need to limit it? You don't, <laughs> he's like, you don't own her. And then she's just like, I just love her. And then he's like, oh, okay. He's <laughs> was yeah, like, sweet. oh my God, he's so extra in this way that I really relate to. <laughs> but no, I mean,
0: Abby's like, I want to like ask her dad's permission to marry her. I mean, yeah. I, like I would react that way too. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that
1: also elicited that reaction from me, the asking for, cause, and this, I was watching this with my roommate, Chris, and I was like, first of all, no, you should not ask a father for your partner's hand because that's such weird, creepy, patriarchal bullshit. Um, second of all, I, I, This is a depressing thing to say, but dads don't have a great track record with being supportive of their gay children. So really don't bring him into that because even if he's supportive, don't give him that power. (laughs) Like I was like, don't give the dad the power in this, even if he's supportive, because he's going to make it like about him, even if it's in a supportive way. So I was just like, no, keep dads out. (laughs) I mean, keep parents out. But I was just specifically like, "Uh uh-uh, this is bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, that whole, I don't know, it's weird. There's, I love Kristen Stewart in this movie, but there's also just, like, something so weird about her. Like, we're missing, I I feel like that means that she really created a good character, but it's also a character that, like, I have trouble parsing. Like, Mm -hmm. what's her deal why does she have all these really stylish blazers? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the blazers. I
1: I really think the movie could have used one more scene. They could have easily cut, you know, sliced something off. But I think they could have just added five minutes and shown another scene of uh, Harper and Abby's life before the trip so that we have a better taste of their relationship and what they do. Um, I think that would have helped a lot just giving that exposition and and also just making us more invested in them because if the movie wants us to root for them to be together which evidenced by the internet uh, I'm certainly not alone in being frustrated at how that ended Um, they should have given us more of a picture of who they actually are
0: yeah, because it's very hard to tell their dynamic. Like, later on in the movie when they're fighting and Abby's just like, I don't know this person. It made me realize that, like, I don't know this person. Like, what are you—what are right. they usually like? hmm
1: Yeah, like, what's the basis of your relationship? Because if it—maybe they're so busy, they don't have time one-on-one very much. Maybe they're always out with friends— Maybe they really just have great sex and that's it. And now that they're at, you know, Harper's parents and they're not having sex and everything's awful, she's like, wait, who is this person? You know, there's all these potentials, but we don't know. So it's hard to work with that.
0: Yeah. So we come on to the family, which begins with these jokes. Well, before that, it's they're they're on they're literally on the drive there. They're almost there. And then Harper's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I haven't come out to them yet. And Okay, that's one thing. But the other thing is that she went through the trouble of telling this whole story to her before about coming out to them, which means that she created this elaborate lie instead of just saying that she didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was what I got stuck on because it wasn't that I didn't understand why she wasn't out to her parents, especially when you see their, their family dynamic. I was like, that's her business. She doesn't have to tell them ever if she doesn't want to. However, don't lie to your partner, create this whole story about coming out and then put your partner in the car with you and basically trap them like that. I I was like, that's the red flag. Like her, when she decides to come out is her business, but her bringing Abby into that. <laughs>
0: uh uh-uh. Yeah, No, it is a trap. Like there's nothing that she can do. She can't like get out of it. And it's just, it's, it's weird. Like, I'm just trying to imagine like, like this did not happen. But like, what if I was like going home to meet Kyle's parents for the first time? And like, he did not tell them that I was black and they had an issue with black people. It's just like, yeah. That's a trap. Absolutely. Any of those kinds of
1: omissions with a partner where it's like, oh, I haven't come out of the closet or they don't know that you're black or anything that's on that level. I think that is. Full on manipulation. Like, it doesn't because matter the intent. Like, that is so manipulative to put your partner in that position.
0: Because then it's a safety issue. Yeah. Yeah. She, it's a safety. Like, yeah,
1: you're saying that your family is so homophobic, you don't feel comfortable coming out. So, you're going to bring the woman you love, who's never met them, into this space in a small town where she has no friends. That's probably a very homophobic small town. And, like, what? That's not love. Like,
0: I'm not, I, like, yeah, wow. no, I, I that I, I can't I can barely like come up with a sentence about that. Like, I really, really hated that. And then they get there. And apparently the only thing that they know about Abby is that she's an orphan. And it becomes this parade of like orphan jokes. And the thing is, is that like, yes, Abby did lose her parents, but it was when she was 19 years old. Right. So like right when she was like starting college, it's been a, a minute. <laughs>
1: yeah, I feel like I mean I I realize that the title orphan applies to adults, but I always associate it with children. Um, so using orphan specifically for an adult who's lost their parents is like I I thought it was a funny bit, but it was it was a little too absurd to to follow at points. Like I I thought it was a funny bit in concept but it was hard to believe that the family would be bringing it up this much when she's an adult, which I get is the point of the joke, but I was just like,
0: okay, we get it. <laughs> I also just like, it's a very 90s kind of joke. Like whenever yeah. there was something like weird, you know, we would get those kind of jokes in the 90s, but it's like, it's 2020. Are we really doing the like, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about like, and like, what if everybody was just talking about her being adopted?
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It, I also agree because it was such a thing. I feel like adoption and being an orphan, these were big jokes. Like it was like, Oh, you're an orphan or like, or like the drama of, oh, they're adopted. Like it's like, oh my when, God, like yeah. you and
0: your parents are two different races. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and so it was funny because it, it felt yeah, it felt like a weird throwback, which in some ways makes sense with the genre because holiday movies, I think in 2020, a holiday movie immediately feels like it's from 2010 because the general tone of holiday romantic movies are so um corny in a specific way that hasn't quite matched American culture, at least in the last five years, five, six years, because of the just cynicism.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like a holiday movies for the most part, I feel like they were set. the family stone era. I think yes. everybody have, we have not gotten past the family stone. Yes. At all.
1: Yeah. The family stone is uh, it's the, the force field (laughs) that has not been surpassed in vibe. I I wish
0: there was something. I really want something to overtake the family stone. Like we don't need to go back to a Christmas story, but like, let's give us, let's give the girls something new.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We need some new, uh, leaps forward, some some subversions of the genre. I think this is something maybe we should delve into, Jordan. We should write something, uh, Christmas specifically
0: <laughs> yes yeah I mean it would just be about like my kind of family Christmas it would just be like avoiding your parents and looking for places to get high <laughs> yeah Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean we can all there's there's so much. I can always write that love story about the light hangers at the Christmas festival. Oh
0: yes, (laughs) we definitely need to do that. Yeah. So okay, so the whole deal with this family is that Mary Steenberg and Virgin is incredible. I mean, that's really I feel like that's all we need. Like her clothes my god movie. I've just never seen a more gorgeous and put together woman. I can't deal with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, her and the fact that her and Ted Danson are together is like, a, a, like just an offensively uh, sharply dressed couple.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So she's great and she's super funny. And she's also just like, the dad, the patriarch of the family is running for office. So like, she's doing the whole like, um gov- like what's the what's the thing that I'm thinking like government mom like kind of like a yeah kind of wife that you bring around yes, the politician's
1: know. wife uh thing where it's like it's like you're
0: a preparing. Where I could just think government government wife
1: yeah it's like well it's like your first lady in training you know you're just doing years of kind of like first lady light activities yeah <laughs> you're yeah. hosting yeah. fundraisers and you know you're 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 just like saying some bullshit to somebody who's fracking. I don't know.
0: <laughs> she's, she's like posting stuff. She's like posting stuff on the internet, and it's just like. I, I love it. I just love that she's just like talking about Instagram. She's talking about trending. She's talking about going viral. She's looking through photos to post to social media. It's just like, no, this is blurry. No, this is boring. Like, I was just like, this is, this is adorable.
1: Yeah. Cause she's building a brand. She's an influencer, but she's like a conservative politician's wife influencer. So it's just such a different metric. And she's, I mean, she's just such a fantastic comedic actress She really takes the screen in every scene and she's so good at delivering just very specific uh, kind of well off white woman uh, shade and compliments like things and statements that you're not even sure at times what she feels (laughs) like is she trying to be passive aggressive or is this her genuine attempt at being nice but she's so good at capturing all these nuances and creating a deeply uncomfortable atmosphere for poor abby who was just tortured in this movie
0: yeah yeah um so we have her we have jane who is the best character in this movie, this banana clip wearing, just like sparkly shirt sequence. Yes. Just, oh my God. This like kindergarten teacher energy. That's, that's like emitting from her. And of I love course, it. like
1: she's the middle child. <laughs> I don't know why that made me like, I don't know. That made me laugh that like, <laughs> she's the middle child. I'm a middle child. So if you're listening, don't get offended. Um, it, yeah, just her, like, I really need attention. Do you all remember I exist? <laughs> I was like, oh,
0: baby. <laughs> and she's so nice to everyone. She's just the kindest person. Absolutely. So she's just like
1: a sweetie. Like, she's like, do you want some cookies? like like she has a childlike energy but it doesn't annoy me which is hard to pull off because there's definitely characters in these types of movies that are supposed to be wholesome and likable and comedic in the way that she is but they're too childish and I get taken out but with her I I think the comedic delivery and also just the charm is there and I'm I'm on board
0: yeah, yeah. She yeah, she's great. And I mean, we kind of need her because Harper's just kind of um I'll get back to that because I really don't know. Anyway, Alison Bree is doing super white today, like like Colgate ultra whitening <laughs> kind oh, of yeah. performance. Oh yeah, Alison Bree is um
1: really just I don't know. I wouldn't even call her a wasp. It's a different different but equal toxic white woman energy. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's not, I mean, it is wasp, but it's also something else that I can't quite name yet, but she really crushes it in a way that makes her disorienting because I think the last thing I watched her in was glow. So (laughs) I was like, wow, this is quite a jump. I mean, Alison Brie has
0: range. Yeah. No. Yeah, she does. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know what she's doing here, and her husband gets even less to do. Like, I don't know anything about him. Apparently, only backstory that we get is that they used to be attorneys and then they had kids and then they decided to stop being attorneys and make gift baskets. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh her husband, Pearl Mosley, of course, he is. Besides their children, the only black person. Oh wait, no, that's not true. Oh no, I'm totally never mind. Anyway, yeah, no, he is. So he's so white. I'm just extra aware that like he's alone. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's him and the kids.
0: And it's <laughs> the only black adults in this family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the kids are just like the kids are interesting because they're essentially they act like every pair of white twins that I've ever seen in anything. Like, they're only talking to each other. They make the exact same expressions. They're playing tricks on people, including, like, pushing a Christmas tree over in a really climactic scene and then, like, putting a necklace into Kristen Stewart's Abby's bag to get her in trouble with mall security. And I'm just like, why do these kids... I mean... The only reason that we get that the kids don't like her is that she's staying in the room that they usually stay in when they come. But I'm just like, are these kids really going to hold this grudge for days? Yeah, I I had a hard time
1: buying that. I didn't get I didn't really think the kids would care that much about the room. And I felt like the movie should have had. Kristen Stewart really messed some interaction up with them if they were going to have these kids against her, because it just felt out of nowhere. And obviously kids have their feelings and they're going to do what they want, you know, but this, it, it just felt weird that they would go out of their way to make her time hard when she's not having a good time. She's not really getting attention, at least not positive attention.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that she should have like broken their toy or something like something tangible that they could like actually, you know, logically be mad at her about. But I think what the movie is trying to do is the, se- um, the one of the big secrets is that Alison Bree and her black husband, who doesn't get a lot of lines, um, Burl, you said his name is? Yeah, Burl Mosley earl mosley well because her and earl mosley are divorced and they just don't want to tell anyone yet yeah that's the closet that they're in which is how the movie like shows it with all the
1: closet scenes
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean i guess maybe the kids are lashing out because they probably the kids probably don't know no but they're probably like aware that there's some kind of tension but it's weird they just decided to point it at this stranger i guess it's easier to do it to a stranger
1: <laughs> yeah it is interesting i i definitely believe that the kids knew there was something going on with their parents because they're old enough that they're definitely at an age where they they're going to pick up on that kind of thing and also at a restless age you know i i would put the kids around 7 8 maybe 9 so mm-hmm. they're not old enough to be allowed to do as many things independently but they're old enough to get bored by you know baby stuff (laughs) (laughs) so they're ready for some drama
0: (laughs) i do love the scene where mary steenburgen like comes in and she's like oh i need to get the game boy for the twins and i just keep on thinking that game boy is not gonna entertain them for very long i hope you have other things for them
1: i know having the game boy was such a funny time
0: capsule too (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe it looks looks like some like old technology to them it's just like oh we got to play with the game boy (laughs) Yeah, like they
1: like it's like when I used a rotary phone as a child. Oh yeah, me too. I used the rotary (laughs) phone. Whoa, this is so cool!
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, we had like multiple ones in the house. I would play on those, and I would play on typewriters because I was so
1: absolutely. You're the clickety clack. You're like I am a writer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like this like Mac keyboard. You don't. You can't even hear the tap. It sucks.
1: Yeah, it's not the same. Not at all. Yeah. Um yeah, so the that those are the siblings. So we got Alice and Bree is uh she's the oldest, right? And I think so. yeah, Mackenzie's the youngest and Jane is in the middle. And mm-hmm. so these are the sisters. And Jane, again, Jane is just a delight. She doesn't have any secrets, she doesn't have any drama. So obviously <laughs> Harper's in the closet and Alice and Bree is secretly divorced. And and there's already tension with Alice and Bree and her husband and the parents because they stopped being successful lawyers. And so there's like this tension of like, oh, you you messed up the track you were on. You were such great capitalists. And now you're like now they're like selling gift baskets on Instagram.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're doing partnerships with goop. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and also Jane is working on a fantasy novel yeah I mean I love it I was like girl show for us
1: 10 years for 10 years well, She's yeah. been working on it. at the dinner she goes well you know it really takes a long time to create a
0: world and I just <laughs> wanted to hug her I was like oh my god I love you I love her so much yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's she's also the most interesting because Alison Brie just keeps on doing these weird, like, Stepford mom things where she's just like, well, the twins and I and were up at 5 a.m. and we we already made and frosted our cookies. It's like, why are you waking these children up at five in the morning to make these cookies instead of just having them wake up with everybody else so they can do it with their fucking grandparents? Like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Alison Brie's character was actually the most confusing for me when it came to... I. At points, I thought, oh, she's going to find out about Abby and Harper, but she's actually going to be really cool and, like, surprise the audience or something. And then other moments, I was like, oh, she's going to, like, ruin everything. And it was hard to know where she actually was. And I don't know if that was a choice because she's keeping the secret. And so, you know, she's really trying to put on this, uh, you know, Stepford front.
0: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I wish I knew something about the husband aside from the fact that he juggles which we see at the end. I hate that for him. <laughs> <laughs> it re- it really sucks. Like I would say that like um the token black boyfriend in The Family Stone well, token Black husband in the Family Stone, you know, he actually got lines to yeah, say. I, I remember him speaking in the film.
1: And and he, I genuinely felt like he knew the family, you know, like he was part of the family. Yeah. He had his own dynamics with the other characters. I am trying to think if I even saw Burl really interact with anyone except alice and brie and the kids
0: yeah he barely even talks to abby either and it's just like i don't know you would feel like they would have something to talk about because it's like oh we we both you know joined this family pretty recently or we're both still kind of outsiders here just fucking something but i don't know the movie is so well i mean part of it is that Abby spends a lot of time with Riley played by Aubrey Plaza and Riley is the ex-girlfriend of Harper. And like, later on, we find out this, uh, I'll I'll get to that story. story, Yeah. It makes me really upset, but yeah, so that's kind of like the family dynamic and they're just like, they live in like a small community, but the whole community is very rich. Oh my God. So rich. Making me very upset. Like everything that they do is fancy. Yeah.
1: I I mean, every event is, I mean, it's full on, you know, catering bubbly, like everything is to the T it feels very dress code also because it's like, well, one of the scenes is in a country club. So,
0: um, but even when they're not in a country club, it seems like they're in a country. club. Yeah.
1: It's just like the whole, it's the whole neighborhood is just a, a giant country club full of secrets
0: like, and like, especially like Aubrey Plaza's clothes. I was just the whole time I was like, well, number one, you are incredibly hot. But number two, are you rich? Is everyone rich? Like Aubrey Plaza seems like, you know, she like has a vacation home.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely assumed Aubrey Plaza was rich. Like, and I didn't hold it against her. I was just like, yeah, she's totally rich. Like all these other people are rich in a way that makes them more limited and narrow in their worldview and Aubrey Plaza is rich and is able to use that privilege to like chill and figure out who she is and like actually not be full of shit. So I was like interesting, different ways to be rich. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take either. <laughs>
0: Uh, just kidding everyone. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, um, I love that I mean I don't love it but I love when so they have to create this whole narrative where Abby is straight and so Abby says that she's just recently broken up with a guy who was a milkman oh that was fantastic that, that was, was so
1: good cool. <laughs> best thing ever I remember having a crush on the milkman when I was a child because he brought milk and I loved milk <laughs> Uh, and I told my mom I was going to marry him. Um, and it didn't happen. So, you know, love doesn't always work out, but I, I love a milkman love story.
0: Yeah. And so they go, um, to this like fancy dinner it's like one of their first events and this is when we find out because like uh Kristen Kristen Stewart is like a pet sitter I have no idea what Harper oh yeah Harper writes right they mention that sometimes that she writes but I don't know it's weird Harper doesn't seem like emotionally aware enough to be a writer it was really interesting that that was her job I was like this seems like a person who like doesn't observe things but anyway
1: (laughs) yeah I agree I was very curious did did it say in the movie what she wrote? Like if she, she has a specific a, vertical or by bi- like like a beach. She writes for a newspaper. Like oh, I think it's okay. like I a mean, so that could be anything. Yeah, okay. So she's doing reporting, but she's not um she's interviewing, right?
0: But she might I, yeah. not
1: be if yeah, if she's doing like that kind of journalism, then she might not be putting her actual perspective out there. So
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like she so she writes, I guess. And um, Abby is a pet sitter, but Abby is also studying art history at Carnegie Mellon. And, you know, Victor Garber, the dad, which I don't even know if we introduced him, the dad, he's running for office. He's played by Victor Garber. Victor Garber is like so impressed. And I was also impressed. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't even worry about this. totally. Totally. So I mean, you think it's weird because like, there's nothing about Abby that's work.
1: She's just so great. Like I know that's the thing is like, she's not. She doesn't even have an edge, you know. Uh, So it's not even like she's like gonna fuck up the dinner table by like, you know, uh, going off on someone. Like she's just like there because she loves Harper, and so it's like. Okay, yeah, your parents are super homophobic, uh, but also like, I, yeah, just why? You know what made me really upset? I mean, a lot of a lot of things made me really upset, but that she made Abby pretend to be straight. Also, I was like, why can't you just, just like pretend that she like you shouldn't do any of this? You shouldn't do any of this lying. But like, let her be honest. You're the one who's in the closet, not her.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, because it's like the roommates. So who cares if your roommate is gay, right? I, I, I mean, I don't want to. I know that these things are very difficult, and I don't want to like make light of that. I, I, I guess I'm just very much on Abby's side because I'm just very protective of her, and also the performance that Kristen Stewart is giving is so much more is in my opinion richer it's richer than the performance that mackenzie davis is giving and i feel bad saying that because we're meeting her entire family but i still like pulling away i still didn't know her by the end yeah
1: and it's interesting because we are we're meeting her whole family and you know all of this is kind of on her terms or on her family's terms more accurately but the camera itself spends a lot more time with abby so you know at the events yeah, we see Harper, but we see Harper talking to a bunch of people. We have a lot more time with Abby where she's alone and we just get to watch her face or where she has a passing interaction with someone that's awkward. Whereas when we see Harper separate from Abby, she's like plunged into a very active world. And so it's a lot harder to get to know her. So I also felt like there was just more time to to connect with Abby, even if you're just observing the way that she stands in a room, you know, the way that she hangs out. And so that that added to my protectiveness towards her. Um, And again, like, it's not even that I, I didn't judge Harper for not having come out to her parents in general. I did judge her for putting Abby in this position with her.
0: Right. And also like, You know, in in every scene, you can tell how Kristen Stewart is feeling, you know. She has, like, a lot of, like, micro-expressions, you know. She does, like, a little, when she's nervous, like, she fidgets. Like, sometimes her shoulders go way up. Like, I have so many observations about how she reacts to situations. Like, even, like, when the twins are fucking with her, the look on her face, there's no anger there. She's just, like, I understand. Like, you can look at her face and be like, she understands that these are children. She's not upset. She's just frustrated. There's just like so many layers and you can see all of them.
1: Yeah, there's... I think her performance is really rich.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know what's going... I mean, there are a couple things wrong with Mackenzie Davis's performance. One is that the way that she is styled is so awkward and Mackenzie feels awkward in it. Like the clothes are awkward. The the wig is bad and awkward. Like she seems like she's wearing a heterosexual suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, she and and there's a difference between, you know, her character feeling awkward and us like feeling that because she's around her family, and just the, the character in general not feeling fully convincing or like she's fully i don't know if it's even that Mackenzie davis didn't commit to harper i think she did but i don't think that harper was well sketched out enough in in either Mackenzie's brain or the scripts like we needed a little more reason to like understand her beyond the fact that she's she needs to come out like, yeah, what, no, like totally... yeah like why is abby into her and why is she into abby
0: right and i think i mean a lot of my problem with it is that How do I put this? When Harper is with her parents or with her high school friends, with her ex-boyfriend, the person that she is in those situations is also the person that she is when she's alone with Abby. So there's no difference. Like, you know, what we should be seeing is that when she she crosses the threshold of that bedroom when they're alone, we should see a shift and there isn't one.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Yeah, there's no, like, taking off the mask because it feels like she's, she has the mask on to herself. So how could she take it off?
0: Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of that. Also, and maybe I'm just being an annoying bisexual here, the energy that Mackenzie, the queer energy that Mackenzie Davis has and the queer energy that Kristen Stewart has when they're both at their best is very similar. And putting them together just seems like redundant, weird. like they should have found an actual femme to do like an actually like, like of the kind of person who would like come off, be comfortable, like traditionally feminine. It just felt like two like butch women, like one of them pretending. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I totally, I totally see that. I. I just didn't think that they had chemistry with each other. Um, like I didn't believe, like, I believe that Kristen Stewart, I believe that Abby was in love with Mackenzie, but I didn't believe that they ever had sex. And I didn't believe that Mackenzie was comfortable enough to even like be in love with Abby. Like, yeah, I, yeah. And it's not even that I thought like, you know, we, we meet her ex. It's not that I think that she really could that way with anyone like I I don't know Mackenzie Davis had zero sexual energy in this yeah no yeah her
0: her ex Connor keeps on showing up because her mom keeps on inviting him because the mom wants them to get back together and I guess it's because he's like he's blonde he's well-bred and they used to date so it's this whole thing and he's also into it you know it seems like he never wanted to break up with her and um, but apparently the reason that um, Harper gave was like distance. But yeah, even when she's with Connor, I mean, you can tell that she's very much trying to play the the traditionally feminine heterosexual girl. She, there's still like a sense of like discomfort there.
1: Oh, yeah. It doesn't ever feel like like, believable. Like, it feels strange that he would believe that now. Maybe yeah, in high school, yeah. sure, of course. But as a grown man, <laughs> like, and, like, for him to still be fixated on that, that's the other thing that comes up in a lot of the movies we cover is this whole idea of being fixated on someone from high school. And I think it's normal to maybe, like, have a curiosity about someone you had a crush on or maybe you're still friends and you already know what what their life is. But this whole, like, This person I knew when I was 17 got away. I just can't imagine. Like, I've changed so much as a person, it's hard to imagine feeling that way.
0: Yeah. No, I don't know. Whenever I pine, whenever I did in the past pine for someone from high school, it was really just about me pining a life that I could have had that just doesn't fit anymore.
1: Yeah. And that's a different kind of pining than having one specific person where you're constantly replaying it. And you know, it's the whole one that got away idea, which is a very real idea, but having it linked back to high school is always funny to me
0: i feel yeah, like a like college love
1: yeah like you know or college age i i don't know it's funny
0: uh, yeah no it, it really is um love love riley just riley is at every single event because i guess like her family is close enough with their family which is funny because we don't really ever see her family or if we do i don't remember no, it.
1: i i noticed that too we never meet riley aka auber Pla- plazas of oh, Plazi. <laughs> Plaza. <laughs> okay, uh, I love that, Abra Plazi. <laughs> I'm cl- I'm coining it. Uh, we yeah, we never meet her parents or anything, which is interesting because these are very much multi generational events. You know, with the parents and the adult kids and the champagne and the catering, <laughs> the the country club uh, segregation vibes. Um, but yeah. We, we don't meet her family, but because she's part of the community, she's at all of these events, and
0: I mean, start. looking hot, just at oh. all of these events, looking hot, and like, kind of like, brooding, but doing it in a very, like, sexual way, like, everything, like, her eyes, that scene where she's, like, across the room, and she's in that, like, gorgeous, like, burgundy dress, and she looks, she looks at um abby and she's like holding up her glass and she like i was just like oh my god that is one of the hottest things that i've ever seen
1: oh yeah no she's she's like giving such good romance look like she just like she she hits it out of the ballpark totally
0: yeah Let her star in a romance, please. Give us that. She's so good. Also, there's a new movie coming out called Black Bear that I've now seen twice because I I saw it at Sundance and then I hounded people until I got a chance to see it again she is so good in that but it's unfortunately not a romance it's like kind of like a thriller drama thing but yes she's she's so good and every single she's like the kind of person where if you're at an event like this you're just like where where is Riley where is Riley so that we can go have a normal human moment (laughs)
1: oh yeah she's She's exactly, like, the one person that you look at at the event and you're like, okay, I am still alive. <laughs> this bullshit has not choked me to death. Uh, they, they're, One of my favorite moments is when both her and Abby are outside and she's just like, kind of, like, just the way that Riley approaches Abby outside and is just like, hey. Oh, yeah, she, just, like, she,
0: just, like, she just, like, peeks out and it's so cute. It's just such a,
1: like do you want a cigarette? Everything's crazy, right? Like it's just one of those moments. And I think that it's done really well because they're both great at acting and you really believe that they're giving each other respite in this moment. And, you know, meanwhile, Harper's inside like with her dad or something.
0: Yeah, so like, so Abby keeps on running into Riley and Harper just keeps on like performing and she starts performing so hard that she gets swept up in the performance and just like really starts to neglect Abby, lash out at her in ways that are just like really unfair, like trying to gaslight Abby into thinking that she's being possessive when Abby just like wants to be treated like a person. And I just... And the way that Abby just puts up with all of this, just like every couple, like there's a look on her face where she's crushed. She spends like half this movie just like looking devastated, and it just made me hate Harper so much. Like, why would you do this? I know, I know, I know. Well, it it also
1: consistently builds. Basically, from the moment that Abby is introduced to Harper's parents, the stakes just keep. It's not that the stakes get higher, it's just the misery increases. There's just all these details that add up to make life harder for Abby. Um, you know, these arbitrary political events where Harper's... E- either Harper's like, yeah, can you come and lie? Or or she's like, yeah, uh, I'll see you in like eight hours. Have fun being alone. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> and meanwhile, you know, uh, Riley's just like, existing. You know, she's just vibing. And when she sees Abby, she's like, oh, I know your pain all too well. That's that's another one of my favorite scenes, although it's sad. I just like yeah. them hanging out together.
0: Yeah. You you know, there's just like this look on her face where she's like, I know exactly what's happening to you. yeah, And she knows it before, like, um, Abby can really accept it. But, uh, later on when they hang out in a bar, a nice, um, nice little drag bar, which I just wanted to spend the whole movie in the drag bar. Oh my God,
1: I know. I I was like, I want to just transport there. That looks so nice.
0: Yeah. I just, man, I I would just go outside just for that. But anyway, um. So they're together and Riley tells the story of her and Harper's relationship where they were, they were together, they were in love and like Riley was sending Harper a love note and then it gets intercepted by one of her friends and then Harper lies to everyone that she's just like a lesbian stalking her. Yeah, that is
1: so emotionally abusive. Like that is like some fucking I think that's the thing with Harper that makes it even harder because reading interviews with Clea Duvall it feels like it's not that she defends anything that Harper does but because she doesn't she I mean and the Dan Levy character is obviously there to point out this is not okay and the movie knows it's not okay but um, it's hard to empathize with Harper at all which I do think the movie wants because of how it ends when she it's not just that she's afraid or that she lies is that she lies in ways that make it so much more painful for the people that she's with you know saying oh she's a lesbian stalker or with Abby lying to her about having come out to her parents already and then telling her in the car like this is just another level
0: like yeah I don't I mean I don't know how high how it would have worked in high school and I don't want to pretend like I would know but I feel like I feel like there would there would be another lie. That, that, could that work. was what I was
1: thinking. It's it's not even that I expected high school her to not lie. I just was like, that is such an intentionally distancing, hurtful lie.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean later on when Alison Brie finds out that Harper is dating Abby, and and then Alison Brie very shittily like tells everyone. Harper just, like, freaks out and, like, calls Allison Brie a liar. And it's such a wild scene. Like, you could say nothing. You didn't have to say that she's a oh my, I don't, that scene made me feel so terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, like, I just
1: was, like, I want to uh, bring Abby and Riley, like, some cider and just be like here's a round (laughs) yeah I mean like
0: eventually eventually Dan Levy shows up which I think is his whole joke is that I'm tracking you and he tracks everybody like we're introduced to his tracking when he was like there's this guy that's still in my apartment and I'm tracking him to make sure that he (laughs) leaves oh yeah I mean his character is just so fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he's just been like tracking Abby the entire time because like you know he's worried about her safety he knows that you know, the coming out, the coming out didn't actually happen. So I totally understand him worrying about her safety and like wanting to be available. She needs to get out of that situation. So she, so he just like shows up and he is like giving this whole, like, can we just, (laughs) man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he keeps telling Abby, he's like, this is not okay. None of this is okay. You deserve to be with someone who wouldn't lie about you, who wouldn't force you to lie Because at first he's appalled at the fact that she's there in the first place. And then he realizes that she's pretending to be straight as well. And he's like, what world are we in? Like, what the fuck is happening? You know, this isn't okay. You know, you deserve better. You know, Harper has to deal with this, but you should not be in the middle of this. So he really is the voice of reason. He's the conscience of the movie. That's like, it's letting the viewers know that the movie knows that it's not okay. The movie is not condoning this behavior. Um, But also it just gives us, Catharsis of just somebody who's like, what in the actual fuck? (laughs)
0: Like, yeah, it's just like all the things. Oh, okay. So also there's the Harper and Allison Brie rivalry where they're just like obsessed with competing for their parents' love and competing with each other, and they do this whole like ice skating race thing. And they're just like so like casually cruel to each other. And I feel like I've seen this in movies before, like specifically um, Jodie Foster's uh, director. Like she directed this movie called Home for the Holidays. It's one of my favorites, and the kids are also the kids are also like very nasty to each other in that one too. And I guess I just don't like this version of nastiness. Like I can understand, you know, being around your sibling and being like "fuck you," but this idea that you are just like collecting data to get your get each other in trouble with your elderly parents i don't it's just very
1: it it feels like something they would have figured out already like even if they weren't close even if there was still tension or competition it does feel like they're too old for this um this feels like the kind of dynamic that would be spurred on by the parents you know basically uh, batting their kids against each other and and creating these manipulations and competitions but these are grown women who have been out of the house a while. So even if they don't like each other, even if there's tension for it to be on this level felt, it made me question how old they were supposed to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. Cause I'm just like, you're in your thirties, right? Like why? Is, like like is, by now, at least one person you care about has
1: died. So like, you should not be doing this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I feel the whole time I was watching this movie, I was just like, man, white culture is just, constraining and terrifying and i don't like it i can't i every single moment i'm just like can everybody just be a person every scene i was just like can we be people it's exhausting because it's like not even um a situation where it's like we live in this beautiful wonderland like a hallmark movie
1: no like that's like like hallmark movie white culture um all of the issues are in the omis- in the omissions, right? <laughs> like all the things they refuse to address or include or whatever. But it's like a fun escapism. Whereas this is just stressful repression and classism. And like, I don't, it's just a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just like these whites and like Anna Gusteier is there and she is just like, being the conservative politician whisperer and uh Victor Garber's like, we really need her on, the, on my side so that I, I can win the election. And her whole thing is just like looking at everybody and judging everybody. The scene where they're doing this, the white elephant thing, which is like a gift exchange. And she gets a painting made by Jane, like this very cute painting of just like their street. And Hannah Guster just looks at it. Just like what, is this
1: (laughs) I I, love the painting I was like I was like I'll
0: take it I'll hang that that painting in my living room horrible yeah I don't it's a nice painting like it's not like it's doesn't gonna cost thousands of dollars but like if I walked into a house and I saw that painting I'd be like you know what I feel like I could be comfortable at this house exactly (laughs) it's just Ah, everyone is so ah, and I don't understand why the revelation of the stuff is just like uh like Alison Bree outing Harper. That was so brutal.
1: Yeah, it was childhood. awful. It was, it was awful,
0: terrible. It was really ugly.
1: I I don't really know what to say about that scene because it was on one hand, it was so cartoonish and over the top and like very much with this genre, even though the genre is incredibly straight, obviously it it was very like the hijinks and like the people are hurting each other. Now everyone's hurting each other and there's a big mess and now we're going to clean it up for the end of the movie. And it was like, Okay, these movies do that, and a lot of the times these movies don't pull them off. But with this, it was so much worse because this what was happening being outed was so much more specific and painful to watch. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That scene was just like, I, I, I wish even with this plot that that was handled differently. Yeah, I think they really could have done it a more creative way or less uh gratuitous.
0: Right, because, like, these are, like, upscale whites. I just don't understand this whole, like... Even, like, after the whole, like, outing happens and Abby leaves, like, Harper and Alison Bree are still going at it, and then they keep going at it. And then, like, one of them smashes the painting over each other, and then Jane's just like, you know, I know that you like, think that all of my stuff is shit. But, like, I I put a lot of time into this painting, and that was just so inconsiderate. And I was just, like, I just couldn't... Like, I can't, as a person in my 20s, imagine doing this. I can't imagine being a person in my 30s and acting this way. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I, I just... Yeah. I mean, it's like all of this tension, all of these lies and in the movie, it's Harper is consistently leaving Abby alone. She's like, Oh, I'm going to stay at the fundraiser longer. But then she still gets jealous when she sees that Abby and Riley run into each other in town and go on a walk. Um, you know it's kind of like well don't leave your girlfriend alone all the time if you're going to be mad that anyone talks to her it's not like abby right. and abby don't hook up they still keep their boundaries which you know they're i i also was like oh it would have been so cool if they gotten together but i also completely understand not wanting them together because that would make it a completely different movie but i I didn't want Abby to stay with Harper after that, no, horrible, no. that yeah. horrible, like after everything I, I did not, I wanted, I wanted the ending to be Harper comes out to her family and it's too late for Abby and she learns her lesson about that, but also her family learns to accept her. And then Abby is either happy and single or, you know, she ends up with someone. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: in that sense, I did want her to end up with Riley. But again, because of the whole like we both dated the same woman, it would be like such a messy ending that it would make it a different movie.
0: Right, yeah, it's it's very messy. Like, it's not on the same level of the family stone, but I feel like there's still just like a lot of baggage there. You can't just like move into that territory because your major bonding point is that you both dated an inconsiderate person. Yeah, so exactly. So much time talking about that. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, I did want them to be together because I, you know, they they had chemistry, like the act the actresses had chemistry they had like they were just so chilled together you can imagine them being friends and oh yeah like there was like
1: an immediate intimacy uh and comfort between them that was just very natural
0: yeah so I mean you know how these movies end Harper comes out to her parents and then tries to get Abby back and Abby, you know, accepts it. Oh yeah. After um, Abby gets like this whole, like talking to from Dan Levy, who's just like, you know, it's not always easy for everyone to come out and you need to be very considerate of that. And I'm, I'm glad that he did it. And number one, great monologue, just great work. Just oh, fantastic. Man. Love him. Just beautiful man. Like he just, he does like a little grin at the end when he's like trying I to know. make her feel better. He's so I cute. <laughs> But, yeah, so, like, it, it was a whole thing where, like, he had, like, initiated the healing with her, and then here comes Harper just like, no, I love you, I want to spend the rest of our lives making this up to you, blah, 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 just this very, like, boys-to-men argument. <laughs> I really just wanted it to, like, start, like, raining or something. That's so that hilarious. Could really like, just, like, do, like, a real, like, black street mode. Yeah. Just like, don't leave. There's fog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> somebody is wearing silk we don't know who yes, <laughs> at least one person in silk and a little bit of wind
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean like it makes sense that they end up together just because abby is so whipped uh, i just you rarely you rarely see someone that whipped in well a yeah movie. that's
1: why i was like this is an emotionally abusive relationship like i think I don't think Harper meant to be, but that, but she did very abusive things. And so even though she's out now, that dynamic has already been established. So unless they actually talk about
0: that or, you know, get a couple's counselor involved, this is not going to be a healthy relationship. I was just about to say that there is the only way that this relationship is going to survive is if they go see a couple's counselor. And I hope that, you know, Abby does not, like, even think about showing her that ring for, like, another year. They have a lot of work to do. Oh my gosh, yeah, because once they're married, because Abby just, she wants to be, like, a
1: sweet wife. Like, she's, like, ready to love and, like, like she's just ready for that. And so I'm afraid that if if they got engaged, it would just be over. It would be game over. And like Dan would come over and call shit out, but you know, <laughs> then he go, then he go back, and they'd continue their life. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I love it. And, you know, of course, they do the whole time jump thing. And Jane finally finished her book. And there's a book signing. And I love how in the time jump, Jane and Dan Levy are just, like, good friends. And just, like, even the wordless time together. Because we don't really hear them talk too much to each other. But just seeing them together, I'm just like, yes, this friendship makes sense. Also, I want a sequel that's just about them. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) They're so cute. Yes. They're just so... uh... Uh, I love it. Uh, love them. That's that is that is actually my suggestion for alternative watching. Somebody write a fan fiction of yes. Dan Levy's character If you write a fan and, like, fiction and, about, and Jane. <laughs> If you write a fan fiction
1: about that, please email it to us and we will read it on one of our episodes.
0: Yeah. It's just like both of them, like helping each other find love for the holidays. Oh, that would be so cute. Like a buddy comedy. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That, that needs to exist. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I feel bad about this couple. I mean, at least I feel like at the end of this movie, everyone's in a better place than the end of the family stone. But. Oh
1: yeah. Like, I mean, because it's, much more linear in this movie like and the family stone i feel like uh the the plot changes and the drama is like more circular and this is just very like one direction <laughs> so yeah and yeah. i'm glad that this was made like we just need a lot more holiday movies uh we, we need a lot more gay holiday movies so that people don't have to like it, um, but there will still be more. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know? know? Like, I enjoy... Yeah. I fully enjoyed watching this, even though I was upset on behalf of Abby in the way that I enjoy watching a lot of holiday rom-coms that are problematic emotionally, but, like, have people I love in them. So I hope we get these spinoffs,
0: you know? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I mean, like, I... The first time I watched it, I was angry the entire time. The second time I watched it, um, today, I was high, so it made it so much easier. So, like, the anger was still there, but it was easier for me to get past it. And I also spent a lot of time just, like, focusing on, like... Oh, I was very
1: angry about the way that Abby was experiencing everything. I was very angry. But I also was, like, felt... Glad to be there with Chris and Stewart. Like, like almost like I was trying to be her friend
0: while I was watching it. Like,
1: like I'm here. <laughs>
0: yeah, like you don't have to be like, alone. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to support you during this like really hard time. Yeah, exactly. Actually,
1: uh, our our listener and friend Zora compared this to Les Bomb, which we covered, and said it's like Les Bomb with a budget. Which plot wise,
0: absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It yeah. is Les Bomb with a budget. Yeah. um. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it's on Hulu. Everybody's watched it. If you want to watch it, watch it. Clea Duvall is, like, you know, a woman that I have been in love with for most of my life. And so, like, and I've seen her, um, I've seen the other movie that she directed, which I think is called The Intervention. And, like, she's, you know, she's doing this, like, pretty, like, later in her career, you know, she's learning how to direct for the first time. This is only her second movie. I'm sure, you know, there's like a lot of mar- like I love her, so I don't want to be like you did a bad job. <laughs> I don't want to say no. that. No,
1: we love her. She's fantastic. Yeah. I'm just really glad she's making things. And I mean, this cast, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really,
0: really great cast. I mean, you know, I can't wait to watch the next one. Exactly. You know? That's how I feel.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, dear <laughs> listeners, uh, per usual, our music is by Clutch Douglas, a fantastic Seattle band. You can check them out. Uh, you can find us on all the places you find your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on Pinecast. We're on iTunes. We love reviews. We love you. We hope you're keeping yourself fed and hydrated. Uh, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jolene Searles.
0: Hi. Hi. Yeah, back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Oh, uh, yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh uh-uh, Oh, yeah, let's dump this truck.